Hello everyone, this is Willie from the ColecoVisions Podcast. When I get a hankering for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I go for the cabinet and pour me a nice big bowl of turtle flakes. Yes, turtle flakes, fortified with Josh Otello and Rob Fiel. Turtle flakes, it's what's for podcasting. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness. Brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and John. Cowabunga! What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Turtle Flakes podcast. My name is Josh Urk, your co-host today. And with me, as always, is Rob Luther and Thaddeus Manning. Yo! Hey! Hey! Well, you know, there's a reason Josh, uh, he introduced the show today. It's his birthday! you told me to. Oh, well, that too. You told me to. You are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, ladies and gents, uh, to kick off episode 114, we have Mr. Josh O'Rourke's birthday. Well, actually, technically it was yesterday, but we're celebrating today. so, uh, So, how many years, my man? I'm 35 now. 35? 35? You're still I young. I am in my mid-30s now. Well, you could technically say you were in the mid-30s last Shut year. Shut up, Rob. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of a range. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's, but, yeah, 34 to 36. That's like your mid-30s there. But now it's like, now I'm like right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, one, you got one year less of life, man. I hope, <laughs> hope, you, hope you're doing okay. You're still you're still doing the same dumb stuff. Okay, yeah. That, that's yep. The- you know you know what's so funny is you, you mentioned that. I remember when I was uh, 18, and I got to think, man, 40. Jeez, when I hit 40, I'll have I'll have it all figured out. It'll all be easy. Yes, yeah. it'll all. Yeah, I'll finally have all the answers. I'll have it all figured out. And now I'm I'm uh, getting close to that that doorstep there. You know, it's less than a well, just a few years you're gonna away. Be 30. You're going to be 32 this year, right? Yeah, yeah, June 25th. So I thought I would have been so much more mature. And in some ways, yes, maybe. But I'm still the same kid, man. <laughs> it's not, yeah. Nothing's really changed. Turtles are still there. Yeah, you know, man, I, I'm, at this, I'm at this kind of weird, like, plateau right now where it's just kind of like, can't believe I've invested. I've just invested this much in the Ninja Turtles. You are welcome again. Just, and it's not, it's not like it's not like money or anything like that. I'm just looking at like time. Yeah, like, sure. Oh. And there's like this nagging part in my head that's just like you just you you're being a moron. You know, you just you, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm, this is like one of those existential things that you sure. read about. I don't know. I don't really. I never really thought I was a person that was complicated enough to have a crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, because it just that that seems like a level of competence that I just am unable to. Uh, <laughs> get to i you know unable to get there but no whatever so but you know what you know what no joke i think if you were to step away you'd be like i gotta go back i gotta get back to my turtles 
<laughs> well, the thing of it is, it's like I absolutely love and adore the Ninja Turtles. It could never like be replaced by anything of, of like this kind of realm. You know, I mean, like life, children. I get that; no, those are irreplaceable. But like of the replaceable things in my life, I don't want the Ninja Turtles to be that way. But like, I I know myself. I would like throw myself into something else, and I would just have the same problems. You know, because I don't I don't actually like grow. As a person, I just kind of put stuff off for a while. Sure. And then when I have to deal with it, I just kind of find a way to put it off again. Hmm. You know, so <laughs> so here it is. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's I've never thought of it that it's way. Not a good, it's not a good way to live. I do not recommend it. Use me as a benchmark <laughs> for comparison to your children, people. Oh, right? well, Josh is uh, chippery this morning. Bless your heart, you've not been feeling good lately either, man. Yeah, and that's not the reason for this. You know, it's not that I'm not feeling good. It's no, I know fine. that. I know that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I get it. But it, I'll tell you what, though, guys. No joke. It is so good to talk to you all again. It has been too long, and I take full responsibility for it. And listeners, I do apologize. Oh, um, they know. <laughs> they know whose fault this is. They know. They know. Well, honestly, it, it, it's a busy time of the year for me at work because um, I had an evaluation I had to prepare for. And with the new school I work at, the evaluation process is so extensive that my lesson plan that I had to turn in beforehand ended up being 30 pages long, and that is no exaggeration. Oh, geez, That's a man. lot of typing. It basically was word for word everything I was covering for that lesson along with every assessment that I'm turning in during that unit. So I, anyways, I don't mean to bore you with the details, but I had that going on, and then you know we're, we're kind of preparing for uh, my little girl. She's due July 2nd, and we – cleared out Grayson's old room, repainted it, and that's Lyra's room. And then my turtle lair, the game room, has been moved into the garage, and uh, the old turtle room is now Grayson's room. So yep, That's where it goes to die. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, I'll tell you what, though. In a way, I kind of prefer the garage, except for the temperature. Yeah, I was going to say, you wait to that first, like, cold day, man. Yeah, they're like, wait. I can't do this. Uh, but it's you know it's a lot more spread out, so it's, I don't feel as cluttered uh, with with turtle stuff. So that's kind of nice. And the lady's giving me her blessing. I we, I made enough room for one of the cars to fit in the garage. But the lady's like, we don't have to put them in the garage. But I feel guilty not doing that. Anyways, so I've been busy doing all that stuff. I've been doing a lot of yard work, trying to get the house fixed up and everything. But I'm back. I've missed it so tremendously much. Uh, it's just good to talk to you guys again. You know, it, it, it's just awesome to. To finally get back to it, but uh, so Thaddeus, how, uh, real quickly, man, how, how have you been doing? What's what's going on in your world lately? Um, I've been doing all right. Like I said, I went to uh, to Pensacon back in uh, February, and uh, I had a good time. The only thing that kind of disappointed me was that there wasn't a lot of turtle stuff there. Yeah, like they didn't really have, like much of like the com- like like they had some of the comics, but they were like ones like I already owned. Mm-hmm. Um. So I ended up picking up the Bebop and Rocksteady Destroy Everything arc. I read that. Really good. I really enjoyed it. I got to meet Charles Martinet, who was the voice of Super Mario in the video games. Got Actually got a picture with him. Nice. Uh, oh, is that who uh, that is? So, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's the uh, the voice actor for uh, for Mario. Wow. Um, I met uh, TMNT IDW artist Andy Kuhn. And I uh, actually, I messaged you, Rob. I was going to see if hopefully one day we can get him on the show uh he seemed really interested um i know he has some work he has to do on the side right now but dude like no lie honestly one of the nicest people i ever i ever met and i actually um 
that was another pickup that I got was he had a whole bunch of artwork and I couldn't decide if I wanted his Splinter or his Mighty Mutanimals. So I went ahead with, with, with Mighty Mutanimals and he actually autographed it. Wow. And dude, we talked for like an hour of just turtles, like how he got into the comics. And uh, actually, I found out something about him that I, I didn't know about. Uh, the first uh, comic that he actually did for I- IDW was the uh, the Michelangelo one-shot. Oh. And he said that uh, Michelangelo is actually his favorite uh, turtle. And he also um, did a, a indie comic called Fire Breather, which actually got turned into a, uh, a Cartoon Network movie. Uh, so that was really cool. That's really cool. Um, and then, uh, as far as other pickups go, I actually went to the comic book store yesterday. I picked up, um, let's see, uh, ba- the the Batman TMNT Volume Two sequel. I picked up the first three issues. Haven't read them yet. Uh, I'm gonna try to read them later t- today. And then I also picked up uh, TMNT Universe uh, Volume One. I picked that up. Now, I wanted to ask you guys this, uh, and I want and I want your honest opinion on this. Um, when I went to the comic book store uh, yesterday, they got some, uh, some well, quote-unquote, quote new Turtle toys in. Uh, they have some of the uh, 2012 toys that are still sealed up, and they're selling them for like $20. And I saw the mother of all toys. I saw it. I finally saw it. I've never seen this before. In real life, I almost had to pinch myself. They had the turtle blimp there. Oh, the nice. original turtle. Now, this is what I wanted to ask you. Buy it. The turtle blimp <laughs> itself wasn't sealed up. It's actually hanging up in the shop, but it's in good condition. Yeah. And I'm tempted to buy it. Now, if I can find one on eBay, I might get get one like cheaper. Um. But all they were asking for it was eighty dollars, and should I go with it? That's about what they're running for now, out of box. So out from what box, I've but... noticed, if you can get them, you'll get them between the fifty to a hundred dollar range. Does it have all of the accessories and stuff like that, like all the the bombs and the wings and all that? Yeah, stuff? yeah, it had all the it had like all the accessories and everything. I mean, it, it looked it looked like meant out of the box, basically. And and you know yeah. that it's not busted because obviously it's hanging up. So yeah, yeah. That's I would I would have I would have dropped the money right there if I had it. Yeah, I would have bought that. He, he drops it like a tie. Yeah. yeah. But I was but I was thinking about see because like not this paycheck but my next paycheck is like my huge one, the one where I worked like nonstop. I might I may go by there and buy it and actually hang it in my room and take a picture of it. I think that'd be really yeah, cool. That's what I would do. In fact, dude, what I would do is I would go to the store and give the dude like half and be like, I'll, I'll be back in two weeks. Can you know? Yeah. Don't sell that. Here's ah, good idea. Good idea. That's what I would do, you know, and see if he'd be interested in that. But yeah, I would have bought it right there. But yeah. you know, that's just me. I'm completely irresponsible, and I would have to figure. <laughs> I'd drive home figuring out how to explain it to my wife. Be like, well, you know, I just, didn't do it. I just couldn't let it go. Um, Josh, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I know exactly what you're what you're saying there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I buy something after the fact that I'm like, ooh, how do I sugarcoat this to the lady? <laughs> well, it was kind of like. A couple, I think it was like a month ago. We did an episode, and before the episode, you were on eBay looking at the sewer uh, sewer set. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. you found one for like a hundred bucks, and you were like, "I don't think I should do it." And I felt like that evil, that Sith Kermit the Frog meme that you see, where <laughs> Kermit talking to the Emperor Kermit, and I was just like, "Buy it, <laughs> you know you, you want, want to." <laughs> Who cares what the wife says? 
you sleep on the couch anyway. She'll under- oh, oh, that, <laughs> that, was, uh, that, that was true. Another thing that I got, I got, um, well, I should have waited, uh, but they they released the, uh, it's basically the quote-unquote the Game of the Year edition of uh, Injustice 2. It's called the Legendary Edition that has oh, like all the nice. on disc, and I wish I would have waited to buy the Standard Edition because I bought the Standard Edition like a month before. But guys, like I finally got to play as the Turtles, and they are awesome, dude. They're I really love good. playing as Leonardo on there. Yeah, that game is so much fun. Donatello is my guy just because he's a bit slower than the other three Turtles, but his damage is it, somehow that always works out in every game. Donatello is the slowest one, but he's also got the most damage. Yeah, uh, but that's that's the one I usually use. But like, I don't even play the I don't even play the game. As anybody else, that's my Ninja Turtle game. I don't really care. <laughs> that game is Injustice Two to me. It's the Ninja Turtles beat up superheroes for a couple hours. You know. So. Right. Uh, so what? Else, what about you, Rob? Did you uh, did you pick up anything lately? Well, you know, I'll, I'll make this short and sweet. I did pick up a couple of the IDW comics, some of the the later ones. I can't even remember <laughs> the. I wish I had brought them in into this room, but that's it and a couple of universe issues and aside from just resetting up the whole turtle layer in the, the garage really not much of anything lately um i think i mentioned it right. a couple of weeks ago that i did pick up the pizza power board game and that's it yeah yeah i saw yeah. that yeah so that, that's been basically it for me so what about you josh um nothing turtle related just because just because everything that i want to get turtle related doesn't come out until around the summer and early fall but like recent, like the most recent thing that I picked up was I actually found. I don't know why I got these, but I'm glad I got these uh, because I'm a huge fan of Skeletor. I found a Skeletor and an Evil Lynn figure online, oh, and cool. I picked. Them. I bought those. It was from the uh, not the original ones because like the ones that were released in 1982 are just. No matter what you do, what condition you buy them in, they're all expensive. So I didn't want to buy those. But mm. apparently, in 2002, they had a reboot of He-Man, and. Apparently, like in in terms of popularity with fans, they really love the storytelling of that series the most because it wasn't like campy. Um, it was kind of like it was kind of like you know if Batman the animated series was a reboot of Batman, then the 2002 He-Man series was um, a really uh, decidedly more mature uh, reboot of the Masters of the Universe canon mm-hmm. and. Uh, the uh, two figures I got, Skeletor and Evil Lynn, are, are two really, really imposing looking figures. They're like at a six inch scale, limited articulation. They actually have like the same kind of articulation that the original figures had, but now mm-hmm. the sculpts are just a lot better. Like the sculpts are actually unique instead of just like I, I told Rob this before, but like the way they tricked uh, the manufacturing was Mattel gave every male figure the same sculpt and every female figure the same sculpt and they just painted them differently. <laughs> and and like in 2002, they just did like a, a dynamically uh, diverse type of sculpting for every character. You know, every character is very, very identifiable. Uh, but they're all, they all have the same color palettes and they all have the same basic design. So like you can tell like Skeletor is Skeletor. You know, purple skin... Blue skin, purple armor, yellow face. You know, that's <laughs> the same as the original one, but it's so much more detailed and dynamic now. And But it's got limited articulation, which is fine because I don't really care about articulation. But those are two of the uh, most recent pickups. Like my, ro- my most recent Ninja Turtles pickup was 
the um, one six scale uh, April O'Neil figure from the uh, Dreamax toy line. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually a late Christmas gift that Nicole got me, and I posted some pictures of it. But like, the interesting thing about that was uh, before that figure was released. The company DreamX lost the license to make Ninja Turtle figures. Oh, and so wow. they just changed the name and just put it out anyway. So it's very <laughs> much an April O'Neil figure, but it's called News Hen. You know, because she's a reporter and why not? But like it, it's in the yellow jumpsuit, white boots on, and says Channel 6, and she comes with the camera. And this is the weird thing. It comes with an alternate head of her with a gag in her mouth. Like I a, saw like, that, yeah. Yeah, like a gag tied around her mouth, and she comes with a folding chair that you can simulate her being uh, kidnapped in. And it was like, yeah, that's that's kind of like a playoff of how April was always is always kidnapped by the Shredder. But then when you actually, I put it together and did it that way, and put her in the chair and everything, I was like, yeah, that just kind of looks like very Fifty Shades of Grey to me. And I don't really want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna take pictures of this because, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble. So oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> and like, like the one thing that made me think that is the fact that um, I saw this on the toy review. So I didn't actually look at this, but I saw it on the toy review. They actually sculpted her. If you can actually get her jumpsuit and everything off of her, they actually sculpted everything like anatomically correct on her for some reason. Oh. Hmm. And so it really makes that gag head and you know uh, folding chair <laughs> accessory like really. Uh, okay. Okay, let's just, yeah. <laughs> yep. So it's like, yeah, I can't, I, I, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> just, it's like there are just some things with certain properties you just shouldn't do. It's yes. like, you should not do that with Ninja Turtles because, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I guess that's a good segue into the links. Uh... <laughs> yeah, so there that is, yeah, so. Uh, if you want to send us an email, our email address is turtleflakespodcast@gmail.com. Uh, we are on Twitter at turtleflakes, all one word. We are on Facebook at facebook facebook.com slash groups slash turtleflakes. We do have a turtlecom hotline where you can leave a message about anything we've been talking about on the show, anything Ninja Turtles, maybe just a favorite memory, whatever you want to talk about. As long as it's about the Ninja Turtles, we would absolutely love to post it on our show. Uh, so our number is 865 4875, and there's also a link to our website, turtleflakes.com, where you can just click the button, and I think it dials a number for you. Josh told me about that. I've not used it yet, but I assume that that's working, so that's that's cool. But if not, you can go the old school way and just dial the number. TMNT Entity, uh, that we are proud uh, partners of uh, Mark Pellegrini's blog site, and his website is tmntentity.blogspot.com. Also, another friend of the show, Anthony Hernandez, who we actually just had on our last episode. Uh, he has a toy review show. His channel is called Batbomb82, and he does a, a Ninja Turtle special every Tuesday called Totally Tubular Turtle Tuesday. So you can check that out on YouTube. Let's see. Oh, also, I wanted to add BJ Hahn to our links because she's just a wonderful friend of the show and um, an amazing artist and just a, an all-around amazing person. We, we really, really should have had her in these links for quite some time. But if you want to check out her artwork, she does a lot of commission work. Uh, and it's just fantastic. Her Facebook page is facebook.com slash oodles of doodles by BJ. All one word. B-E-E-J-A-Y. So actually spelling out BJ there. We are proud partners of the Retro Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com. It's just a uh, network of family-friendly retro podcasts. 
And lastly, we are proud partners with the Retro Gaming Times magazine, which um, they release bi-monthly. It's all free, and it's uh, one of the longest-running online free magazines dedicated to just classic games and electronics. It's all family-friendly. There's nothing vulgar there either. Just some great, great stuff. And uh, I've even had the privilege to write for them a few times, and um, I really, really enjoy that magazine and the history that comes with it. As far as announcements, I've already apologized for the break, but I think I need to apologize one more time. So sorry we were gone, but uh, thankfully, I I think all the real-life stuff kind of calmed down a little bit, so now we can record more frequently again. My goal is to get 150 episodes by the end of the year. I don't know if we can do it, but we'll we'll certainly try. (laughs) Try to get back on a weekly format. And also, you know, maybe have a few episodes in the bank just in case, oh, Lord, just in case real-life gets in the way again and i used to have some but for the life of me i cannot find them josh remember the couple we did we just rambled yeah we, yeah, we did a couple of them yeah 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 they're somewhere on this hard drive but i didn't label them properly so it's it's so hard to find you know in the midst of all the the stuff that i have on this uh on this hard drive there's a lot of podcast episodes on there so as far as the uh the issue 10 metalhead giveaway uh, Jay Jorgensen won that, and uh, buddy, I got your email, and I've got your address and everything. I'll send that package out this week. That is my goal. Probably by this coming Friday. Oh, also, check out our second Turtle Tracks interview. Our good buddy, Bodacious Brian, he talks to the director of the first TMNT film, Steve Barron. I've not gotten to listen to the whole thing yet, but I did listen to the first few few minutes of it, and I can already tell it's going to be a great interview. So we, we uh, encourage you guys to check that out. And I'm going to check it out as well. It is on our feed, so you pretty much, if you're listening to us, you can listen to that. It's all free. Also, I got an announcement here, something we've already talked about. But happy 35th birthday, Josh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> happy <laughs> birthday, man. Uh, we nah, love you, buddy. I, thank you very much. Of course, Hosehead. Well, of course. I hate you were sick on your birthday, but we're happy you're here, man. And uh, we love you, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, no problem, man. That's $5. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, on to feedback real quick before our comic review. Uh, we got a lot in the last few weeks, so I'll try to get through this pretty quickly. Uh, we did get a voicemail, and guys, I sent that to you through Skype. Yeah, from Nick Baxter. Yes, Nick Baxter. Uh, by the way, Nick, we are now going to – Baxter is going to be your middle name, and your last name is Stockman. So there you go. Nick Baxter Stockman. There you go. The turtle come. Maybe that's Michelangelo now. This is Donatello. Come in. Calling live from my food truck. I'm not open today. I'm just cleaning it. We're getting hammered with a snowstorm. Mm. Hopefully you can hear me okay. I uh, just want to say thanks for reading my email. I heard you wanted some more callers, so I figured I'd call, say what's up, introduce myself, ask you guys a couple questions. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm 30 years old. I got two kids. I grew up on turtles. I, uh, I never liked Star Wars. I'm sorry. Oh, However, I never liked Star Wars. I don't mind the occasional pineapple on my pizza. Hey, my um, God. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of Turtle podcasts. I love you guys at Turtle Flakes, <laughs> um, Turtle Soup, the Turtle Power Pod. I, uh, I've got some real life local, like long time good friends that do podcasts. So I just want to say I appreciate anybody who puts in the time and effort to, uh, to record them for people like me to listen to. Uh, thanks. All you guys are awesome. I know it's a ton of work to, uh, you know, prepare and produce and record. Um, so, yeah, what I love about Turtle Flakes is I really love that you guys are family-friendly. 
my kids love listening to the show. A few weeks back, we listened to one <laughs> Christmas episode, and they're still singing Deck the Halls of Pepperoni. It's driving their mom absolutely insane, so bonus points for that. Also, I really like the action figure reviews, even if they're not always about the turtles. Um, there you go, Josh. I'm a big action figure collector. I've been trying to complete <laughs> my set of turtles for a long time now. I'm getting pretty close. Um, every line from 1989 to 1997. I, uh, I recently have been buying a lot of Japanese figures, which, uh, which leads me to a couple questions for you guys. I was wondering if you have ever watched the Japanese movie, the, uh, I think it's called Mutant Turtles Superman Legend. Um, in my opinion, it's not horrible if you don't mind yep. subtitles. Yep. But it's kind of odd. Like the, the <laughs> turtles can join powers and become the Super Saint Turtle. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But what's really cool about it is the, the action figures. Um, the Japanese Super Turtle line is really cool. I've seen a couple different variations. They look really yeah, the similar to like the American 1995 Super Mutant line. They even have uh, kind of like variations of the same weapons, but the Japanese ones transform. So I was curious, are you familiar with the Japanese turtles? Have you watched the movie? Uh, do you own any of the toys? You know, what do you think of them? And uh, I think that's just about it. Oh, I think that that that's it for him. Okay, yeah. So sorry, man. There's there's a like a three minute cutoff, I guess, on the recordings. So he actually did follow up with a uh, an email. It's real short, so I'll, I'll read it real quick, and then we'll answer his questions. Um, he says, "Thanks for reading my email on the show last week, but this one this one isn't for the podcast." Oh, maybe I shouldn't read it then. Uh, okay, I'll stop. Do it. Do it. I'll cut it mm-hmm. out. But uh, he did say during the the follow-up email that he's thinking about focusing – starting a podcast of his own, focusing on the action figures and toy lines. And, uh, dude, we would love to hear it. I always get so excited when there's there's new TMNT podcasts out there. And you mentioned Turtle Soup and Turtle Power Pod. I listen to both shows as well. And and also there's a couple others I listen to – Oh, uh, KB's Power Hour. That's a show out of the UK. I, I don't know if he's posting any new episodes lately. And Booyaka Show, well, I, I was listening to that. I know he's kind of on a hiatus right now, but I really like that because it was centered basically on nothing but the Nickelodeon cartoon. So I listen to those as well. And man, the more the merrier. That would be awesome. And if there's any way we can ever help you, you know, uh, give you some advice for recording equipment and advice of things not to do, we would be happy to, to help you there. As for his his main question on the on the phone call, so Thaddeus, what he was talking about is the the Japanese cartoon. I have never actually seen it. What was it called? Super Legend T- Teenage Mutant Turtles. Yeah, Super it's Legend? like it's Mutant Turtle Superman series. It's something ridiculous like that. Just go on YouTube and look up anime TMNT, and you'll find it. Is it a is it a cartoon like an ongoing it's a cartoon? cartoon? Yeah, it, it's it was a, it's a two a, it's a two episode a uh, anime movie. It was used to promote the um, the Cyber Samurai Turtles, um, the toy line. Oh, okay. And they only did two episodes. Now they supposedly there is like a Japanese manga of it, but it's only in Japanese called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Gaiden. 
it just kind of ends like on a cliffhanger. I haven't actually seen it. I just this is this is what based on yeah. my knowledge of it. Josh, have you seen it? But I, I've I've heard I've, it's not bad though. I mean, I, I always wanted to do a green screen of it. Um, I've seen the anime on YouTube before. Um, and the I haven't seen the uh, the manga or anything like that. I've actually looked for it a couple times. And I can't find it. Uh, but the anime, you know what? The anime it's it's cheeky. It's fun. It's <laughs> It's already, it doesn't, it skips all the origin stories, just like the Ninja Turtles are there, and it's got the same, it's inspired by the same art style of the uh, 87 cartoon. It looks exactly the same. Wow. Uh, there's a couple of redesigns for the, the bad guys that look a little bit more menacing, like the Shredder looks really, really intimidating. It looks really cool. And so what happens is, is like they have to all these all these weird shows in the 90s like have to do with like power crystals and stuff like that. So they get this crystal and there's this fairy that's inside of it that imbues the Ninja Turtles with power, making them like basically superheroes. Cool. For like a five minute interval of time. Can they all transform into like a giant Megazord? No. If I remember correctly, they do have a robot of some kind. I can't remember, but they turn into like just basically superman and they look and they have like wolverine masks instead of bandanas and shredder krang bebop and rocksteady all find their own crystal and they turn into superman level type of villains too Ooh, see, and it's a really this. cool i mean it's i mean it is it's kind of campy and it's hokey it's it's funny but you know it's it doesn't it's not like it's doing anything different than what um the 87 series ever did outside of turning into like Superman, you know, <laughs> I mean, with that being said, it is just like another episode of the 87 cartoon. It's, it's really cool. And I mean, it is, it's got subtitles in it, but like, you know, they're incredibly faithful to the art design of the, uh, old cartoon. And I think the, uh, the toy line that it inspired was the super mutants toy line because they look exactly the same. Like, except, like, they have a Splinter figure, too, and I don't think Splinter turned into anybody, turned into a superhero in that show. But they've got, like, a Bebop, Rocksteady, Shredder, and the Four Turtles, and they are really cool looking, and I've wanted to pull the trigger on buying those figures for a long time now, but they're just, they're expensive, and I just, mm-hmm. I don't want to spend the kind of money. They're they're looking for, like, 80 bucks a pop for, like, a carded figure and, like, 60 bucks for an uncarded figure, and... I don't, I don't, I don't want to spend that kind of money on it. So, hmm. ah, that's interesting, man. Yeah, and but it's a, it's a really cool anime. Um, as long as you're a turtle fan, if you're not a turtle fan, you're not going to get anything out of it. You know? <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe we should do a green screen on one of those uh, here in the next couple episodes. Maybe after... I, I've been telling you, I've been, t- I've been trying to work that on you for like a year now. Oh, like every I'm now sorry. Send you that. You'd be like, oh, yeah, that looks really cool. I'll watch it later. And then it's like six months later. He's like, oh, I haven't seen that before. I'll watch it later. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's, like, it's like when somebody texts me, and I feel so bad. People probably think I'm an absolute jerk. I'll, I'll look at the text like while I'm busy doing something. I'm like, oh, okay, well, when I get a minute, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll uh, text him back or I'll check out the link or whatever it is. Then I get busy doing what I'm doing. I forget all about it. And then about six days later, I'm going through my phone. I'm like, oh, I forgot to respond. So you just see a text from Jay Weezy and you're like, not good enough. Nope. <laughs> That's, That's why I roll I my eyes and go, I just immediately delete it. And just, <laughs> nah. Or text back wrong number. Oh, that's great. Well, hey, Nick, or actually, I'm going to call you Baxter from now on. Thank you so much for the phone call. Dude, we will 
we'll try to watch that. You know what? I I say before we go back to the I guess the next era we'll be going to is Nickelodeon one. So after the green screen for next week, what do you say we we watch one of the anime episodes? Yeah, yeah. sure. Sound good? Okay, cool. Cool. We'll do that uh here in the next uh episode or two. We'll uh try to cover one of those just kind of as a bonus show. Baxter, thank you so much for the phone call and the follow-up email. Dude, keep them coming. I, I've really enjoyed that, and I, and I know that I apologize for cutting you off, but just uh, if you want to call us pretty much every show, we'd love to hear from you, all right? It could be your ongoing segment. And another one, Brian from Utah. I think I think you're going to have something to say about this this issue we're covering. Oh, man, my nemesis, man. But anyways, um, yeah, yeah, thanks for the phone call, man. And we got actually one more email, and I'll read it real quick. This is from Brad O'Reilly. I texted this to you guys, too, so you can read along, guys. It says, greetings from Australia. So it's great Ooh. to hear somebody across the pond here. Um, I've been a long time. Watch team- out for those spiders, man. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it rains spiders over there, dude. Don't don't oh, don't live gosh, there. Why do you the, live there? Why do you want that life? Don't live got there. The big spiders too. Oof. Yeah, they got like super poison. Like they bite you and your foot rots off. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. He says greetings from Australia. I've been a longtime TMNT fan, TMNT fan, but only just recently stumbled across your podcast. I have been binge listening to your episodes throughout my workday and have found you guys entertaining and enjoyable to listen to. Wow, thank you. Really? Even Josh. <laughs> I especially enjoy the interviews with various TMNT personalities. You guys have now hooked me, and are and I'm eager for new episodes. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Uh, I do have a question for you all. What are your top three TMNT characters that are not the four turtles? It could be from Ooh. any of the TMNT timelines. And I'll send through another question email after the next episode. Calabunga, Brad O'Reilly. Thank you so much for the email, first of all, Brad. And as far as the question goes... Oh, man. Uh, can I pass it to somebody who might know theirs already? Cause I've, I don't got, know. I've got two. I, I can't think of a third one right now, but All I've right. got two. What's your two? Uh, Ace Duck and Venus DeMilo. Wow, two different ones from me. Okay, okay. Yeah, man. I, I, I love Ace Duck. I love his design. The original one, like the from the uh, the old – basically, like, a lot of my stuff is, like, toy-influenced. Mm-hmm. So, like, I love that old, like, old-school World War II bomber pilot type of aesthetic they had for him and i love how he always he's got like three or four different origin stories by now so basically like he's like five different characters <laughs> but I, I really like that old curmudgeon like he's like popeye d- mutated into a duck basically <laughs> but uh and venus de milo i really i i just i can't get over the hate train for her because like just nobody wants to give her a chance by now and everybody is upset about her for being a girl. Let's be honest. If it was a fifth dude turtle, because like there was going to be a third movie and they had this fifth turtle called Kirby and everyone's just like, oh, that would have been awesome, blah, blah, blah. They immediately love a character that's never seen any kind of fruition, but they show a girl turtle and everyone's like, no, boo. Well, Josh, here's my thing. I don't know if it's so much that it's a girl, but I think... A You're lot wrong. Of... No, sorry. <laughs> well, but I... Th- here, here's my thing. Like, I think it's just the fact that now this isn't my opinion, but I think a lot of people might have thought they they just did that to to change things up. That was the only motivator was to change things up. You know, forget about character development. Let's just throw a girl in there. Yeah, I, I, that's that's my only guess is why there was so much backlash. I mean, I understand her appearance was in a in a TV show that a lot of fans did not like, but if yeah. you were to see her in maybe the IDW comics. 
I and I think we've talked about it. I think she could be such an interesting dynamic character. Yeah. Well, see, I think she's got so much. Uh, I think fans, you know, fans with air quotes, um, <laughs> they have so much negative baggage wrapped around that character that I don't think anybody will ever touch that character ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, the only the only hope we have for that character is the fact that Kevin Eastman likes Venus de Milo. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 created that character at the uh, when they were making Next Mutation. One of the they were going to do a fifth turtle anyway. And one of the producers, I can't remember her name, but she said, can we make it a female turtle? Because she had, from what I had read, this producer, she had said that her daughter would had said that she would love to see a, a girl turtle. And so this producer said, can we make the fifth turtle a girl? And Kevin Eastman was like, well, yeah, sure, why not? And that, and that was the initial uh, step to creating Venus. Uh-huh. And but like right now, I don't think we will ever see her again. I don't think anybody will. I think if they put her in IDW, nobody's going to buy those books until she's gone. They put her in a video game, nobody's going to buy that game. They put her in a movie, nobody's going to see her because they by now they've convinced themselves that they have to hate her. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. And that, yeah, that, I actually that, sent you some fan art of uh, that I found on DeviantArt that somebody drew of Venus of what she would look like if she was in Rise of the TMNT. And I, I saw actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, and my favorite one is what uh, Sophie Campbell did with it. She did uh, some concept art of Venus de Milo if she were to appear in the uh, the 2012 movie or the 2014 movie. Like what she would look like in the Out of the Shadows kind of design aesthetic. It looks really good. Right. She did a great job. You know, but yeah, that's what I. Th- those are my two characters, Ace Duck and Venus de Milo. So. Awesome. Hey, good good deal, guys. Well, uh, for me, oh, man, I'd say Splinter for sure. Splinter's my favorite character probably from the entire series, uh, which is going to be interesting when we review this comic book episode or comic book issue, uh, issue 11 from volume 4 today. Uh, I should have said that at the top of the show. Jeez. Um, yeah. So Splinter's num- my number one. Uh, my number two would be the Rat King because I think there's so much more that can be done with him. I, I find his character so fascinating. And then all the iterations of the Rat King, too. They're, they're all, pardon my pun here, but they're all radically different. Um, mm-hmm. And I really, really have been intrigued. I love scary characters, and especially in the TMNT universe. You don't see a whole lot of them. But um, my third would have to be, I'll tell you what really got me lately, is Metalhead. And how Donatello, <laughs> like... Um, how Donatello in the universe issues uh, was was morphed into Metalhead, and how oh man, he created Ultron. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. He basically, yeah, they basically did uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron with Metalhead. It was yeah, awesome. they certainly did. And yeah, and we've not heard back from Metalhead since then, have we? No. Well, I mean, that was a relatively recent issue too. That was sure. That was a early universe issue. Yeah, in November or October, something like that. Right, right, and he he's like yeah. he's evil now, or at least broken <laughs> in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah, he's out there somewhere too. Yeah, we'll see what's up. Yeah, so that's that's another one for me. Like at least more recently, I would say Metalhead has been one of the most fascinating side characters for me. And, and those are just ones I'm thinking of on the fly. I I'd really I I know as soon as I'm done recording, I'll think of another one. Like oh, I should have mentioned him yeah. or her. Uh, so those are my top three. I'll say Splinter, Rat King, and Metalhead. What about you, Thaddeus? 
Usagi, I do like, but I don't know a lot about him. Um, I haven't read too much up on him, uh, so I'm, I'm going to technically leave him out. Um, Remember that episode okay. where you talked about your Usagi comics for an hour? Come on. Yeah, but I haven't, <laughs> dude, I haven't read those yet because I read my stuff in chronological order. Um, okay. All right. I, I got three. I got Leatherhead, Old Hob, and, and Alopex. I really want to see more with Alopex. I really liked her backstory of like how she you know, Shredder like recruited her and like in like the Foot Clan and basically torched her her or like burned down her her home in Alaska. But I think I think like more can be done with her other than, you know, her and Angel teaming up, which I love. I love Angel uh, also. Um Leatherhead, I haven't read too much up on him yet in the IDW comics other than what I read recently with the Leatherhead story arc. And Old Hob, I've, I've always been a fan of Old Hob. Um, I'm hoping that someday we'll get a uh, like an IDW like spinoff movie with like Old Hob in it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I forgot about Old Hob. Yeah, he's he's a really good uh, kind of tragic character. I really like him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if you heard about this since you've been off of Facebook, um, but the TMNT Image comics are being reprinted by IDW oh and no full No way, color. really? Yep. yep. I didn't and know And they this. are getting a proper ending after like a 10-year like cliffhanger, <laughs> basically. Wow, that's um, awesome. What, what are they coming so, out? So start out I don't oh know gosh. if these... See, because I, I actually I talked to Andrew Modine about this, and he said that these are going to be individual issues uh, starting in May of this year, I'm May thirtieth, okay and it's going to go up to basically where it was like canceled. And then I heard that when, now. Here's the thing: is that I don't know if like the Lex, because supposedly there's supposed to be like three more issues, but I don't know if they're going to be kickstarters or if they they've already written them out and IDW needs to publish them. No, I, it's, just, it's I, I don't. Be, I don't know. Um, IDW is putting out because they're advertising them on like Comicsology and stuff like are that. Are they okay? Okay. All right. Well, yeah. let, let me stop uh, you guys there for a second because now that IDW is doing this, are we finally recognizing Volume Three as canon? No. I would imagine it, it it won't be because it's just so drastic. I got you. It kind of doesn't matter, right? Because all of the volumes are kind of reboots outside of one, two, and four. That's true. Kind of reboots in themselves. Now I, I know That's that I know that technically with Mark Pellegrini's timeline that the Image Universe, although it's not considered canon, it sort of fits into the Mirage Universe, like later on. But he kind of kind of mentions that. Huh. Um, but I, I'm excited because I've never read any of the Image comics. I heard that a lot of the because uh, I know that Andrew Modine actually did I think two fan comics technically. I don't yep. know if you can still get your hands on them. They're, they they actually take place after the cliffhanger, and then supposedly his ended on a cliffhanger, so there was like a double cliffhanger. But this is really exciting for me personally because I know like a lot of. Even like the early issues are like really hard to find. They, yeah, um, yeah, and they're expensive too. Expensive. I got the first issue, and that's it because so, the other ones are just expensive. 
Yeah, yeah. I've I've not been able to. I've I've only read like the first four or five issues, and I've I've read an overall story arc based on Mark Pellegrini's site. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm aware of what happens, but I would love mm-hmm. to read the individuals. So that is great news. Mm-hmm. Second bit of news: Miyamoto Usagi from Usagi Yojimbo is finally getting his his first animated series. Um, no details that. on when this will be released. I know that Stan Sakai is actually going to be working on this. Supposedly, I don't know if this is going to be on Nickelodeon or if this is going to be on a different channel. My guess is that it's going to be on Nickelodeon. They said it's going to be a aimed at a at a eleven to twelve year old demographic, which is fine. I don't have any problem with that. Yeah. Um, that's about it. I don't really have any more info on it, unfortunately. As soon as the trailer drops, I'm, I'm definitely going to be talking about it. I hope that people don't overreact like they did with the Rise of the DMT trailer. Um, but really excited about that. And then the last bit of news that I got is Body Count. Body Count is getting reprinted by IDW. Uh, yeah. and oh, cool. I don't know was I don't know if Body Count was in color or not because I haven't read it. But supposedly it's being reprinted. Okay. Well, supposedly it's being reprinted by IDW. Um, it's going to have a couple of extras in the back, maybe some interviews with Kevin Eastman, and that comes out August 21st. And then the one last thing real quick is that Nickelodeon actually released a behind-the-scenes of Rise of the TMNT with the show creators, and um, there was a podcast that I was listening to where uh, I think uh, it was... I can't remember where it was at. I don't know if it was at San Diego Comic-Con or it, it happened like two weeks ago. But anyway, Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman were on the panel and they had this this girl. I think she was like 13. You know, she was asking them, you know, what are what are their, their thoughts on it? And Tom Waltz said that, honestly, he saw some behind the scenes stuff and he's like, dude, this show is going to be just great. Cause, see, because Kevin Eastman mentioned something, too. He's, he's He said, you know, even... Even after, you know, they kind of sold the franchise to, like, Playmates toys back in the 80s, he said, like, there were always those people that just would send him, like, hate mail. And he just, he's like, he's like, you don't have to take my word on it if you don't want to, but I am, even if somebody wants to call me a Kevin Eastman fanboy, I don't really care. <laughs> uh, uh, just Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman, because I've actually talked to Tom Waltz on and off before on Facebook, and he he's always been a very honest guy and he's like, you know, this, this, this story is basically going to be how they like grow as turtles because like the thing of like the other turtle, I mean, the other incarnations is, is, is like they were baby turtles. They had mutagen and then, you know, splinter trained them, but this is going to be sort of how they become to be great. If that makes sense. We're like, yeah. you know, like, like the turtles were like, like always great, but like, in this show, they're you know they're gonna make mistakes, but they're gonna like learn from their mistakes and like you know be that strong like brotherly team. So that's really cool. Uh, really looking forward to it. And, and if you haven't seen the behind the scenes footage, check it out on YouTube. It's really interesting. Awesome. And and, and kind of following up what you're saying about body count, they were actually in color. I'm looking at some of the panels right now, and boy, oh, really, I have not read these issues, but I cannot wait to read them because they are so. Uh, radically different. Uh, once different. Again. Yes, and bloody. My goodness, that that is a very fitting title yeah. here because I'm looking yeah, at some pretty gory stuff. Like Kevin Eastman, when they made that, that was an image book, and when they made yeah. that, they just kind of told Kevin Eastman, just do what you want, man. Yeah, yeah, and it's this was all in the year of 1996, so this is 
kind of in that weird era of the TMNT where their 96 was the tail end of the original cartoon. And I don't think Next Mutation was out just yet. Didn't that come out in 97? Next Mutation yeah. was 97, yeah. Yeah, so this is like <laughs> extremely different from what we're going to see in the, in the following year on TV. So, guys, if you've not seen this, check out um, TMNT Entity's blog spot right now. He's got reviews on all the body count issues. There were four of them, it looks like. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you just go to his image tab and it, it uh, talks about them. But I can't wait to see those, too. I wonder if they'll do individuals on them, too. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm I'm hoping they collect them because I really don't want to have like 35 individual issues stacked someplace. I mean, but you know that. But whatever, that's cool. You know what? This, we're, this means we're one step closer to getting. In my opinion, we're one step closer to getting Volume Four collected by IDW. I think that'll happen oh, too. Yeah, that'll be the uh, the missing volume because they've already redone Volume Two. Yeah, not necessarily that they'll end it. Like they'll have a resolution to it. I think this is kind of like a. a a grand exception that they're going to actually resolve volume three, but you know, mm-hmm. volume four, I think is always going to end with a cliffhanger. And at this time with this many years passing, no matter what they do, people are going to hate the ending anyway. Um, so <laughs> you might as well just collect it and leave it as is, you know, here's a random idea for you. I say, uh, once the volume three comics come out, um, mm-hmm. for IDW, let's review them. What do you guys say? That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. pick them up as soon as I can. And- awesome get them i'm at least gonna buy them digitally yeah yeah because i know we've reviewed issue one and two before a long time ago but i'd like to just return to them and they might even be color now because i I know the the original image ones weren't color but i think actually color would really help these are these are supposed to be printed in color awesome awesome Awesome. Yeah. Thank God, because like what? Look, they were so visually busy. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That, the one issue that I have, it it became kind of had the same problems the Mirage comics did at some times, where there was just so much going on in the picture. The fact that it was all black and white was a huge hindrance to it. Absolutely. So like a lot of people say, the volume three artwork was bad. I don't think it was bad. I no. think it's just busy. You need some color to break it up. Yes, it yeah. was like overstimulating to kind of read it. It's like, oh my gosh, I have to like take a step back and refocus on everything I see on the panels. But exactly, uh, yeah. you had to actually you had to read like you were nearsighted and hold the book out in front of you. Exactly. Like, kind of, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good deal, guys. Great news there. Um, I am so excited for that. That opens up a whole new era and a whole new, gosh, probably at the rate we're going, ten years of content yeah. we can talk about. <laughs> Yeah, cool. And please, everybody, buy the Volume Three book, even if you don't like it. So that way, we can get some Volume Three toys. You know, yes, come on. Yeah. yes, we need yeah. more. Toys. I want a Cyborg Donatello. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, dude, I actually saw saw a uh, custom one of that dude, like that, like somebody made on a uh, like FigureRealm.com. It wasn't for a sale, oh, yeah. but yeah, dude, it looked really cool. Oh, I know. I'm tired of custom action figures because people sell them on eBay for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's like, no, man, go away. <laughs> I'm not going to buy that. I'm not going to pay you $300 for this one action figure that you say you built by yourself. No, no, it's not happening. All right, guys. Well, uh, on that note, what do you say we jump into this comic? Yeah, yeah. sounds good. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be screwed. All right. Splinter died. Oh, All right. spoiler. Yeah. Jeez, you hoser. Uh, actually, last issue. That's true. That's true. But you know, no. Well, yeah. You, this you're time right. now they bury him. All right. So hey, take off. There's a lot more going this on. This issue is just a giant eulogy oh, with a vampire. 
with with vampires and weird warrior vampires in it. <laughs> right and, 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 yeah and then the warrior uh, like this mysterious warrior guy at the end so i, I don't know what's going on but I'm i have no it. idea who that guy is yeah. <laughs> i have the issue where he shows up again but pff, i don't know i haven't read it <laughs> i just that's the kind of collector i am i haven't read it i just bought the thing I yeah that, <laughs> so listeners you know that that's what we're all about mediocrity right here yeah mm-hmm I think it's safe to say we're primarily going to talk about the funeral here. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say so. Not to say that we shouldn't mention anything else, but I think like yep. the bulk of this issue is just the funeral. Yeah, there. I mean, there there wasn't a lot of dialogue, surprisingly. No. It was about 25 pages of people staring at a dead body, you know, so... <laughs> but the people who showed up are pretty interesting. And I love Leonardo's speech. I can't wait to get to that. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. And you know what I mean? If you've ever been to a funeral, that's surprisingly accurate as to what happens there. So yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so guys, this uh, issue we're talking about here is issue number 11 from volume 4. The writing, lettering, inking, and toning was done by Peter Laird. The layouts and penciling was done by Jim Lawson. And speaking of which, guys, remind me, there's uh, some feedback at the back of the issue about Jim Lawson and also what Peter Laird thought of the funeral. Just just remind me to get to that, and I'll try to read that as quickly as possible. The inking was done by Eric Talbot. The cover painting was done by Michael Dooney. And the production assistant uh, was uh, done by Dan Berger, which, speaking of Dan Berger, we've got some questions typed up for him. Um, I'm going to go ahead and send that to him this week, and hopefully... Uh, as soon as we get the responses, we'll share them on the show. So lovely to hear from such a nice guy, uh, such a talented guy, too. Okay, so let's let's jump into this issue. So this issue starts very, very, um, uh, what's what's the Weirdly. word? Yes, uh, just not something Twi- you were expecting. twilight Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't see any sparkly <laughs> vampires, but uh, no. <laughs> they were more like punkers. Uh, yeah. So, oh, I hate punkers. Yeah, I know they're the worst. So we have these two characters oh, that... Shut I just heard what you said. Okay. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> so we have these two characters that uh, uh, I don't think we've ever seen before, but I wonder if these are a reference to maybe somebody Peter Laird knows, or I, I don't know. There's this dialogue going on between these, I guess, former college students that are now talking about the old days, and they're kind of just enjoying themselves in uh, Central Park. And this this lady's cutting up an apple. They're just talking about old times. And then you see this stalker guy in the woods on page three. That's when you know, uh-oh. That's when I, I when I first read this, I said, uh-oh, those girls are going to get it. So, you know, the girls, they're kind of talking a little bit more. They, they're kind of oblivious to what's going on. And then all of a sudden, in the bottom of page four, we start seeing that the girls are surrounded by the, these kind of freaks in the shadows. And what do you guys make of these vampires, by the way? Man, you, you know, it, like this, this design, reminds like... me of. Um, I haven't read it yet, but there was an issue called um, Raphael, like Bad Moon Rising, where like Raphael actually encountered like a whole bunch of like female vampires, and uh, oh, that, that that's, that's what it basically kind of reminds me of. There was like a <laughs> was, like, was like a three issue mini series involving Raphael, where something happens, and he like meets this like vampire cult and I guess they're trying to like turn him into a vampire and then I don't know if he like teams up with them later or but that that's kind of like the vibe that like I got from this. <laughs> what about you, Josh? Um there's something I have not seen this movie that I'm going to compare it to, so don't take this with too much uh reverence here, but they're very lost boysy. They look very Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Very, 
like the Lost Boys. And again, I haven't seen that movie, but I know what that image is. And it oh, looks Josh, very you've not reminiscent. seen that? You would love that movie. That's that's your kind of movie, man. You know what? I just I I just haven't gotten around to it. I just it's one of those things. I I never even heard about it until I was older. Wow. You know, like like in my twenties, I had never heard about it. And um, by now, everyone's built it up in my head so much that it's probably not going to be good no matter what happens. You well, know, but, uh, it's to me, it's like the perfect combination of horror and also just the whole 80s vibe, the whole 80s era. Yeah. And for me, that's a win-win for me. I love just all the cheesy 80s references, but also I love horror. So uh, I think you'd be all over that. No joke. I might have to look at that. But yeah, that's what these guys look to me because, uh, you know, leather jackets, punky hair looking, you know, just and they just don't care. I, my biggest question is why are these guys out in the daylight doing this? It's crazy. You know, which and it's not a complaint. It's I, I mean, nobody uh, up until this point when this was printed in two thousand three, I don't think anyone did stuff like that. Yeah, you know, out in the daylight. Yeah, this came out in August two thousand three, and yeah, this isn't even Halloween time yet. But since the comic was written by monthly, I guess the next issue would be what uh, August, October. 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 Yeah, so that's perfect timing. Yeah. Uh, and issue twelve was when, these, was when these vampires actually show up and do stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's almost like they did that on purpose. Hmm. <laughs> I like I like the one bald vampire who goes Heh, drinkies. Like, what's that all about? Yeah, and then they talk. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Yeah, and then they talk. Yeah. So so by the way, they're pretty violent right here. So um, kind of reminds you of <laughs> an issue of or an episode of The Walking Dead here because they swarm this poor girl. They eat a woman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're like literally taking chunks out of this poor this poor woman, and the other girl gets away um, and tells one of the uh, police officers on horseback that the, everything that's going on. So they get him back up, and uh, yeah, pretty pretty gruesome. But I have to say, the one girl, she how do I say this in a family friendly way? She utilizes a man's weakness. With her foot. <laughs> what, Dracula's you know what? got nards. <laughs> oh, Josh. I, could, I guess I could leave that. There's nothing wrong with that. What? Oh, it's borderline. <laughs> Wolfman's got nards. Uh, so anyways, uh, so finally the um, the officer comes back to check on the girl. And pretty kind of gruesome little shot here. Uh, he gets a close-up on her. He goes, Miss, Miss. Uh, and then she, he looks at her, and she's just kind of got this frozen face of horror, and uh, he realizes that she's dead. So they, they killed her. We witness a murder in the first, what, eight pages of the book. And it's a, pre- it's a pretty good testament to Peter Laird's writing and Jim Lawson's art by how it's yeah. it, it's not gory. It's not gory, yeah, but it but is, you know? It is. Well, like, what it is, like, that's my favorite kind of horror, where, like, you just kind of build in your head what, exactly. what actually went down. You know, like, even though you see this lady's body, like it, it was not like if this was drawn nowadays, it would have been exactly like you mentioned, like Walking Dead. Like there would have been chunks everywhere. That's true. Yeah, just we gotta shock them. We gotta shock them. It's just like no, let them shock themselves. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you're right. That's what I really like about this. And I think Peter Lair or um, Kevin. E- oh gosh, Jim Lawson. There we go. I think his artwork is phenomenal in this issue. I can't, I can't wait to talk about it some more. But speaking of great artwork, the next panel it's a full page spread of this this giant turtle on a log. We see. Uh, Michelangelo swimming on. I guess it's in the lake here, um, and he's he kind of sees this this turtle as he's swimming. But basically, he's tying up a tether for a raft, which will basically be holding Splinter's body as um, they uh, light the raft on fire. So 
Michelangelo, he gets out of the water, goes up to Raph, who's angrily chopping the wood, which is exactly what I would have picture Raph doing. What about you, Mr. T? Yeah, that was, uh, that was, which I, I kind of, you know, I almost thought that would be like Leonardo, honestly, instead of Raph, but, uh, oh, interesting. I just, I really love that scene, you know, on page 13, where just Raphael's just kind of, you know, talking about the artwork too. You can, you know, you can see the sweat, you can see the yeah, veins, you can yeah. see, you know, just kind of, you know, he's just shaken up by the whole thing. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. You see Raph really, and, and all throughout the issue, I was talking about Jim Lawson's artwork. You can see the expression on, on their faces, and a lot of times there's no dialogue, but you can see what they're thinking, and that's a testament to a great artist um, in just their facial expressions. Michelangelo and Leonardo, they are getting things ready, preparing, um, I guess, Splinter's Coffin here. And here's an, an interesting part. Donatello here. What did you guys make of this? I don't quite understand what Donnie was. Oh, why he was sneaking away? I can away. answer that. Oh, please. I can answer that. Um, okay, so I actually asked um, Mark Pellegrini about this. This and forgive me if I don't remember the whole conversation because this was like two months ago. Because I know that you you asked me about it um, with the whole uh, clone thing of Splinter. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, he said the Splinter that died wasn't the, wasn't technically the real splinter um they explain it later on uh, i know that volume four has something that or like this is quote-unquote spoiler um but the ending of volume four ended with like something happened to like Raf- Raphael where he meets like another splinter and donatello basically took his uh fur from this dead splinter to make another one just to kind of have um there's like a reason behind it but like we don't know what the reason was because they never did like a follow-up issue and uh so Raphael was just kind of questioning like donatello's like motives if like what he was doing is like right basically wait wait so you're saying okay so now i get it so he had that like vial or whatever that was plastic bag so that's mm-hmm. why he's saying forgive me sensei so he snipped off like some of splinter's fur there yeah, some like DNA. Wow. So is the okay? So the the splinter that's being buried here, or uh, however you want to call it, is was he the real splinter? And then eventually they want to make a clone of him, or is it vice versa? I think I think it was vice versa. I may have to ask him again. Yeah, that's where I'm really confused because see see because like i haven't i haven't like other than like the volume four that like i've read with you guys i haven't read like any of like volume four or volume two so i might have like missed something in between yeah. where they kind of like go into more backstory yeah if i can find that if i can find that conversation i'll i'll post i'll post it in the show notes but i just i just don't remember the whole thing because it was like two months ago when we did the uh the issue before this where with the uh the rat king and with splinter dying and everything and then, like, after the show was over, you were like, hey, Thaddeus, do you know about the Splinter? And I was like, no, let me ask Mark Pellegrini. And then, like, I talked to him for, like, an hour, and then I posted it in the group, and now I can't, like, find it anywhere. <laughs> well, that, that's all right. That's all right. If, and, if, I can, know, if I can find it, I'll, like, message you, and then we can do that. Yes, an open challenge to both uh, 
Oh, no, not Bodacious Brian. Just Brian from Utah. Challenge to you, buddy. Can you tell us what, what's going on here? Because I, I don't want to read too far ahead and spoil the storytelling for me. But at the same time, I would like to know if this is at least the real splinter here. So, you know, please give us a call, man, or send us an email, whatever you prefer. But I know you're a big Volume 4 guy, so I'm, I'm sure you know the answer to this as well. So... So, yeah, at least we got some issues here. And, and of course, you know, just like with any comic book, you don't want to kill off a main character forever. You know, you always want to find one way out. Maybe get rid of them for a while and then either reboot the series with the main character back or, you know, you always want to find a way to to bring a, the life of the party in some ways back. <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. Splinter was life of the party in a lot of ways. So here's where we get the actual funeral procession. I think it, this is the best part of the book, obviously. So the turtles, they carry Splinter's casket to the raft, and following them, um, I have a list of, I wrote down all the characters here. There are a lot of people, and this is actually one of my favorite parts of the book because it's so realistic. Sometimes you you don't realize, and it's kind of ironic, you don't realize the impact you've had until you see how many people actually show up at your funeral. <laughs> so let's see, where's that list at? And there are a lot of characters from the past that show up here, and, and uh, I think it's really kind of touching in a lot of ways. So, of course, you've got the four turtles. You've got Casey Jones, Shadow and Robin and April. You've got the, the Justice Force crew. So that was, what, Steve and Joey Elastic and Zippy Lad and Metalhead. <laughs> yeah, small Metalhead. Yeah, that's right. And the Fugitoids there. Renette shows up. That was really cool. That's a blast from the past right there. Radical. Finally now. wearing appropriate clothing. I know. She, she finally <laughs> covered up. Jeez. Yeah, I know. It's like the older she got, the more she covered up, which, you know, makes sense, I guess. <laughs> like, and Radical. Now, tell me where Radical's from, guys. I know that name. That sounds so familiar, but is that from the image Radical series? Radical is, um, I haven't she's read it. from the original series. Radical. What, she's from, is she, she from volume one? Uh, yeah. She yeah. is okay. basically, supposedly, from what I've, what, Mark Pellegrini says she's like this like Native American like spiritual figure almost she's like almost sort of kind of like Renette mm-hmm. and she she did battle with this um like demon called like Complete Carnage and uh Leonardo I think Leonardo was like one of the first ones to discover her and he actually fell in love with her so they actually became like a legit like couple and then uh like from there i don't really know what happened uh like i said i'm not caught up on volume one or volume two uh but that's basically kind of like who she is she's mm-hmm. just this almost like a guardian i guess i don't i don't know too much about her but that's what from what I've read on his blog about what she is. Yeah, okay, good deal. And then you've also got the uh, Utrams, uh, Dr. Kleinor and Glorin. They uh, they go, and and then one of my favorite scenes, but I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait for a sec. So so they, they carry, uh, or they, they take Splinter's casket into the water, and of course, like we had said, Radical shows up right at that, po- right at that point. And then Leonardo gives a wonderful speech here. I really like this. Josh, would you want to read it or, or something okay. else? Yeah, please go ahead. All right. So Leonardo delivers a eulogy and it goes like this. He says, what can I say? He found us, saved us, taught us, raised us, gave us a foundation of honor and compassion, which has served us well. He wasn't perfect, 
though he came as close to it as anyone I've ever met. He was mostly wise and rarely foolish. It's hard, very hard, to imagine what life is going to be like without him. If he were here to witness this, he would surely tell us that his passing is merely another turn of the great wheel, and that we should look forward, not back, and to honor him. That is what we will try to do. But we will never forget him, our sensei, our master, our father. I love that. So basically they're saying, hey, in 20 issues, he's going to be a clone. Don't worry. (laughs) Which, I'm sorry, that that really takes away the dramatic punch of this issue, knowing that either this is a clone or there's going to be a clone. Why? (laughs) You know, I'm with you, Josh, uh, but at the same time, I I think we all know why. Uh, A major stable of a character like that, I just don't think you'll ever see that happen permanently. You know what I'm saying? But it should. I'm with you. Oh, I'm with you. But you know know, how comic books are. I know, but you want your characters to evolve, not evolve for 10 issues and then go back to the way they were. You know? Sure. Nah. All right. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. And also, I love the the panels, the panel layouts here that, that Jim did. I love how, as you have on the left side of this, probably the greatest page in the book is uh, Leonardo giving his eulogy, and then on, on the right side, right half of that page, you've got all the people's kind of reaction to what he's saying, and yeah. um, it's just just great, great uh, artwork there. And then we get Renee Renette shows up. You know, we had kind of talked about that, and she says, you know, he was a wise old rat, and once when it really mattered, he was kind to me. Is he referring? Is she referring to what happened in Volume One? More than likely, yeah, because she uh, she wasn't in volume two, from what I remember. Yeah, and, and remember, didn't she have like a dialogue with Splinter right before she went back? Maybe in time? it, it might have been. Oh, what's it called? What's the side series called that came out around this time? Tales, tales of the TMT. tales of the TMT. Yeah, it's probably more than likely it's probably something in there because oh, okay. it was it, it was a, it was running at the same time as this series, but it took place like. Anywhere between five and fifteen years beforehand, like everything was in that gray area between Volume Two and Volume Four. You know, it's funny you bring that up, Josh. It looks like I'm looking at TMNT and Eddie right now. It says what kindness Splinter showed to Renette and how she knows the Golem have yet to be explained. But Renette will appear next in TMNT Volume Four, Issue Fourteen. So she's coming back in a couple of issues, and okay. also, and also, I think they said that there's a Tales issue with just her in it coming up so there you go yeah all right so um so as uh, leonardo lights the uh casket that's basically our farewell to splinter for quite some time uh um, give him a darth vader yeah that, that's true that is very true and uh, i love this part here one of my favorite parts of the issue i think it's raf says hey don look over there in the weeds and he goes hmm what oh and it's Leatherhead. Even Leatherhead showed up for this. And, you know, he's yeah. always been a kind of a gray, gray character. Do we? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? IDW, they're doing the same thing that all the other iterations have done where you sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not so good. But this is one point where he shows some kindness here by showing up to the funeral. And I think that was kind of a little touching scene there. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And I've never read a Mirage book with Leatherhead in it. You know, so oh, I've really? I've never seen it. Yeah, the only my only knowledge of the character comes from the old cartoon and what's happening now with Leatherhead currently. 
Have you have you not read the debut of him in Tales, the first no. Tales? Oh. No, the the old one. No, I haven't. No, not oh, at all. Oh wow, that's a good one, buddy. I think you'll like that one. I'm sure. I'm I'm sure it's different than pretty much every other version out there. You know, so mm-hmm. it would be interesting to see. So maybe I I will one day. I'm sure. Cool. Yeah, we'll have to do it on the show one day. Yeah, and then uh, pages twenty eight and twenty nine are just. The people standing around, you know, watching it, you know, just kind of saying their last goodbyes, maybe praying, just, you know, kind of paying their respects. And it's a pretty touching scene here. Not one piece of dialogue, but you do see a tear fall from uh, Leonardo's eye, and then it kind of zooms out from Leonardo standing there. You know, kind of all. He's the last one there. Oh, is that what was happening? That's right, because it shows the progression from day to night. Good point. And it shows it shows the uh, funeral pyre eventually extinguishing and sinking yeah. into the or the lake, and Leonardo's the last one there. Yeah, because it I don't know, man. Maybe that's just he has to. It's not real to him until just now, you know. Uh, sure, sure. And you you think anytime Leonardo had some issues with his leadership, who would he go to? You know, yeah, exactly. So now he mm-hmm. can't do that anymore. This is this is gonna be especially hard for Leonardo, I think. And then we get a weird segue into this this fight scene between the Foot Clan and this warrior guy who we knew yeah. nothing about. So they're all running away from this guy. This guy catches up with them. Uh, my guess is that he kills them all. Uh, oh, he totally does. Yeah. yeah, and then he drops uh, as he's walking away from all the the bodies of the Foot Clan. He drops the strange triangle. So we get this crazy warrior guy, and we also get those vampires at the very beginning. We really have no idea what's what's going on here. And in a way, we're getting one little story arc ending with Splinter here, but it's opening up all these different future stories at the yeah. same time. So a lot going on in this issue. So Does that triangle have something to do with the Triceratons? Because those are the only characters I've ever seen with those. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But that doesn't I mean, explain this him. dude who looks like a new god from DC Comics, you know? So. <laughs> that's true. I, I, that's a good point, Josh. I really don't know. Huh. Well, so uh, so anyways, I, I'll go ahead and give my review of this issue. I think this is my favorite one so far. It's powerful, you know, especially with Splinter being my favorite character. When I first read this, uh, when it first came out, and I did actually get this when it first came out, um, I was well invested in the series by then. Uh, when I saw the cover, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be a tearjerker. And it was. I remember being a teenager reading this, or late teenager, early 20s maybe. I can't remember. And it really affected me. It really did. And now what? 15 years later, it, it does the same thing. It's a powerful issue. And I think the artwork, the storytelling, the lack of dialogue in certain parts just adds to the overall heart of this issue. I think this is one of the best of the entire series. I have not read every single issue of Volume 4, but about 75% of it I have. And this is still one of my... Yeah, I put this in my top five easily. So just a powerful issue, and I would give this a 10 out of 10. I think this is one of the best issues from this volume. So what about you guys? Um, Actually, you know... My views on Volume Four: It's an okay series with a lot of really great moments. Ah, interesting. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I'd, I'd give this issue overall like an eight, just because of the subject matter being so profound. I mean, it's it's a powerful thing seeing one of seeing a massive fan favorite character. I mean, if it wasn't for Splinter, then Ninja Turtles wouldn't be here. Uh, having that character die, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, and just all of my own cynicism taken taken away from the equation. 
I mean, I I kind of half-heartedly joked about, oh, I'm just going to clone them, whatever. <laughs> but, like, you really think about it, they're killing off a, a foundation-level character. That's true. You know, and that, that takes guts, man. You know, I mean, only Peter Laird would do this, you know? That's true. I mean, it's, it's kind of like what I didn't like about the Nickelodeon series. They killed Splinter only to just retract it just by saying, oh, well, this time he moved to the left. He's fine. You know, I just... <laughs> I didn't like that, and I don't. And, I, and I then, don't. and then they killed him again. And then they do it again, time. yeah. But this time we buried him. Oh no, a spirit which, world. Which no. that, that, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that because that was one thing that a normal was like was like okay, Splinter died in the Nickelodeon series. Yeah, it was like it was like it was it was a shocker. I I didn't see it coming. But then like great, the second it time great. it happened, I just kind of went meh. Yeah, it kind of takes the impact away. It seemed it yeah, it's it seemed like. I, I'm guessing like Renette wasn't able to save him the second time because it would have like altered time and space or something. But yeah. I felt like the first time he died on that series was like a lot more emotional that, as opposed to when like Super Shredder killed him. You know, mm-hmm. spoilers. That's just. <laughs> Yeah. She killed him like the same way too, you know. I mean, I just, I just, and, and yeah, you know, it's I know. Like I'm bragging on. I, it's not like I'm bragging on the cartoon, but I yeah. mean, like the IDW books did the same thing with Donatello. Donatello. Like he was, he was. I don't care what anyone says. He was murdered by Rocksteady and Bebop. Yeah. And then the next issue on the first page, they're like, "Wait, he'll be fine. We have to do this." It's like, why? Why even do that? Why? You know, wouldn't it be cool if like? And I'm not complaining because oh, I love I the IDW series but it's just wouldn't it be cool if it was the three turtles and casey jones is like the fourth turtle now or metalhead is the fourth turtle Mm -hmm. you know just well josh let me ask you a question i'm just curious because you said something that really intrigued me um yeah you let me ask you a question okay so say if volume four was still going on today uh, Mm all so probably in well into the hundreds issues here yeah if splinter really did die yeah, and the series went on, and Splinter never came back. Would you prefer that, or after a while you'd be like, "Okay, I'm ready for Splinter to come back." I would prefer. I would prefer that a narrative decision in comic books was followed through. I would prefer him to be dead. Yeah, wow. because it's it's a great hook. I mean, I can't sure. I can't fault I can't fault creators killing off a character. You know, I mean, it's it's an old joke now. I'm like, oh, yeah, he'll be back. It's not a question of if; it's a matter of when. But like, I would just love a, a a creator or a company. I will say, you know, and you know, Marvel, DC, whatever, whoever you have your favorite books from, it doesn't matter. I would prefer a company to just say, no, this character is dead. Let's have some reality here. Let's have some gravity. A character can die. You know, what would happen to the Turtles if Don- if Leonardo died? What would happen if April dies? You know, just and just having them stay dead. And I'm I'm sorry, it cloning them or doing whatever they, they might have done or whatever other comic books have done, that is a cop out. I'm sorry. It really is, and it really shows you the power struggle in comics between creators and fan base. You know, that's an interesting point because some people I, I know a lot of people that would probably disagree with you Josh you know they would want Splinter back me I kind of feel I see both sides of it like yeah. I, I, Splinter's my favorite character so of course I want him to always be around it'd be hard to say goodbye but at the same time I, I'm with you like 
if you were to do that and see how the turtles really cope with him really being gone would be fascinating at the same time yeah. so I, and i know why i know why fans freak out because think of it as a real death think of your grandfather dying and, uh, and hypothetically speaking your grandfather dies the first thing you do is just like no he he's not dead no i don't yeah. want him to die. i want him to come back ah good point you know and and i i understand we're talking about comic books here but that's sure. a very real reaction you know and it's supposed to be it's supposed to be splinter He's the hero. He's a hero. They're not. Nothing bad is supposed to happen to the hero. This isn't supposed to happen. But then when it does, people very honestly have a genuine reaction, positive and negatively, and that's all contextual, you know. Sure. Because I can view somebody like if Thaddeus or if you or if Jay Weezy, if you guys absolutely hated this death, I want them to come back. That. The con your context of that reaction is different from mine because Absolutely. you can say Rob Luther, his favorite character is Splinter. He does not want anything bad to really bad to happen to Splinter. <laughs> and me not being you, I can say, well, that's just ridiculous. You can't, you shouldn't have that mentality. But for you, it is very, very a very real thing where it's just like Splinter's not supposed to die, and I yeah. get that he's not supposed to. But it's really like my problem with comic books as a, as a medium. It's just like they they are so pigeonholed by their audience. It's like, no, you should really just go for it and say like, no, man, Superman died from Doomsday. What do we do now? Now we have a Justice League with no Superman in it. And yeah, it, it should be, you know, 30 years later. It should be, no, he's dead. You know? Yeah, on sure. To, on to the new guard of superheroes. You know, eventually Batman should die and be replaced by somebody not robin or nightwing or there should be no new batman batman's dead what happens next wow that's, how, that's interesting how do you fill that void does i mean especially they've got it built in on this comic book speaking specifically of volume four if you really look at it shadow casey casey jones's daughter and april's daughter she is torn up the most because arguably she knew him the best because yeah. he trained her to, to be a ninja now maybe you can have Leonardo take up the reins of training her, and how does he differ from Splinter? Maybe True. Casey Jones teaches her. How does he differ? And and there there would be a way there would be a way to still have Splinter appear in the book through flashbacks, mm -hmm. especially Tales of TMNT. You could have Splinter in just about every issue, you know, of just previous lessons that the Turtles learned with him. So it's not like you exactly. would never see him again. He's just not in the present timeline. Yeah. So. That leads me to a question for our listeners. You know, I kind of forgot the question of the week or the question of the uh, episode, but here's one for you. How do you feel? I mean, would you prefer having Splinter gone permanently and, and seeing the Turtles? And I'm talking specifically about Volume 4. Would you prefer Splinter to be gone for good and see how the Turtles cope? Or is there part of you that just wants him back? You know, are you okay with the cloning thing just as long as you have more Splinter? So please write into us or give us a call. Let us know how you feel about about this because i can totally see both sides to it and let's face it you know josh you said another really interesting thing that if batman were to die what if he died permanently you know who, who would take the mantle comic books you know you're right in a lot of ways the artists and the writers are pigeonholed because it's a business and there will yep. be a lot of people who go no more batman forget that i'm not buying this issue you know so yep. there, there's you got to make money <laughs> you got to sell your books uh, exactly 
So I get it. That's I, yeah. it's hard. It's very very hard because you can't kill off Superman for good because there are so many diehard Superman fans that would not buy the book anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I get it. So it's it's a really tricky razor's edge there as far as as being creative and doing something different and at the same time still being able to make a living off of it. So because it is a business. Um so so Thaddeus, what did you think of this issue, Jose? Uh yeah, I think I'm gonna have to give uh, originally I was gonna give this a seven and a half out of ten, but I think I'm gonna oh. bump it up to eight. Um I'm only knocking off a few points uh, for the vampires. I don't know who they are. They just they're just kind of thrown <laughs> in there. Um, April mentioned something whenever Renette showed up. She said something like, "I wonder if she can," and then she never followed up with it. So I'm wondering if like she knew something about like Renette that like we don't know. Hmm. And then the the ending, I have no clue who that guy is. <laughs> um, I think for me. Uh, with the whole Splinter thing being gone, I think if as long as they did it in a right way, I'd be okay with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, I'd, I'd I'd be more upset if like Leonardo died. If Leonardo wow. died, I would be like devastated because Leonardo is my favorite turtle. Yeah, I can. And see that. other, well, I can't. Eh, I can't mention it. Uh. Because it's a because it, it is technically a, a, a spoiler. Um, Do it. Nah, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'll save it for later. Um, okay, but anyway, interesting. Um, but what I was going to say was I, I I can't recall a a uh, other than like a what if Splint I mean uh, Leonardo died story. But I'm wondering like like. Like if that happened, if if Leon, if if something happened to Leonardo, whether it was like the Shredder killed him or well, well, I know that like technically in the IDW series he was like brainwashed by Shredder with like the whole Dark Leo thing, but like if something like legitimately happened to him, do you feel like do you think they would all feel the same kind of loss for him, or do you think it would be like Raphael feeling like like the the most hurt for? Like the most hurtful, especially considering the fact that like he always kind of gave Leonardo a hard time for like being the leader. Like, in in your in your opinion, like how do you how do you feel like the turtles and like April like would like react to that? I I'll go ahead and jump in right away. I think Michelangelo would be the leader. I really do, especially what you see in IDW and how he's already in some ways a leader with the yeah. I would, I kind I would of agree say, with you there. Yeah, I'd say Raph would end up doing his own thing for a while. You know, kind of clearing his own head because he's he's kind of um, and he has a night watcher. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, I, I'd say he would do his own thing for a while, but I think Michelangelo would bring everyone together, and I think he would be the kind of glue that ties everyone together to kind of yeah. tr- attempt to fill the void that Leonardo has left. Um, I think Donatello would just be Donatello, and. Uh, kind of do whatever he's got to do to keep his mind off of it by, you know, working on his gadgets, whatever it might be. I think Raph would be clone Leonardo. Yeah, because <laughs> see, like, I, I'm, I'm kind of like on the opposite end of you. I think, I think Donatello would be like the leader. Oh, okay. Because like be Donatello, like, he always seems to have like a backup plan for like everything. Like whether or not like, you know, Raphael, because like Raphael, you know, any time 
Donatello talks about like tech, tech stuff. Raphael is just kind of like uh, like in English. Like I don't understand it. Explain it to me. But yeah, I always thought like Donatello, like maybe not like leading the Foot Clan, but just being kind of like a second in command, like Leonardo. That just seemed like it would kind of fit his character. Like in, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, my, Michelangelo. Think about how many times Donatello saved the whole gang. I mean, think of how many times. Yeah. Raphael would like, probably just be. I, I think. I think it would. It would affect him the most because deep down, you you know, you know, Raphael like loves Leonardo, but he just is just kind of afraid to like admit it because mm-hmm. he's just always been this just like tough guy that just doesn't take crap from Leonardo. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of warning. I'm warning if if like one day like ODW will do kind of like a what if like Leonardo just like died. Yeah. And I'm wondering what? how like fans would react to it. I don't know. Mm. Sort of like sort of like how like dev- like deviations was. I'll tell you exactly what would happen. As long as fans knew it was a what if situation and not canon, fans would love it. Yeah. yeah that's you true. You kill off Leonardo in a fan in in canon, fans are going to riot. Uh-huh. You know and like personally, I kind of think Raphael would step up and be the leader. I kind of think like if Leonardo died, that would be the one time Raphael would be like, "I have to just for once not be an a hole about all of this, <laughs> and it's my turn to take care of everybody." Huh, yeah, because that would be a that. really interesting take because that's something that like you don't. Yeah. Really, I mean, other than Rise of the TMNT, um, I mean, but that's something like you know you don't you need, you don't really see from Raphael's character because he's just he's always been that hothead you know yeah and like not to toot my own horn but like when i was writing my turtle stuff that's what i tried doing it was like mm-hmm. it would it would because like i i understand i kind of think i understand Raphael, this fictional character i kind of think i understand Raphael a little bit mm-hmm. like i i get being angry man i get it i get being aggressive i really do and I get that when something bad really happens and somebody needs you to just for once not be you about it. Yeah. I understand how hard that is. And I think yeah. Raphael would step up to it. And like I think it would kinda you know, he would lean on the other turtles more than mm-hmm. Leonardo needed to. But like I kinda think Raphael would be better suited to be the leader than he thinks it. You know, I, I think he'd be more adept to being a leader than he considers himself to be. And, like, I think Donatello would completely just revert and, like, just absorb himself, enthrall himself in his inventions and his gadgets and become super obsessed with it and just be, like, the old hermit in the cave, one day, you know, one day. That, that's what he would do. <laughs> and he would wall himself off until he's ready to deal with Leonardo being gone or Splinter being gone. And Michelangelo would be, he would be the most mature about it. He would kind of, you know, okay, you know, our dad's gone. I'm going to immediately go off and bake you guys a cake because you need to be, you need to, yeah, you need to feel better. So I'm going to make you some cookies or something. You know, that's what he would do. You know, yeah. he would be the caretaker. He's very much him and April are the mothers of the group. If you really that's think true. about, that's true. I could. That's a good point. I could see yeah. that. But that's exactly what I tried. That's what I tried doing, and I just got scared and I couldn't do it. But that—that's where my head was. I—I I tried getting. I tried doing that because I can't say what Tom Waltz is going to do. You know, yeah. I know that sounds like a cop out, but I—I can't—I can't say. I mean, the reality is, like, the popular answer is probably going to be Donatello, or yeah, mm-hmm. or you know, Michelangelo, or maybe like April is the new leader in a weird mm-hmm. kind of way. Like she's the shot caller, you know. But yeah. 
But that's what that is. That's for me. That's what I would think. Oh, good mm. stuff, guys. Hey, man, great, great, great conversations here. I've, I've enjoyed that, man. So, yeah, uh, I think overall we, we really like this issue, and that is going to be it for issue 12. So, guys, please – or issue 11, I should say. Guys, please mm-hmm. send us an email. Let us know what y'all think because uh, this is a big one. This is a giant story arc right here, ending and then kickstarting a new one. So uh, on the next episode of Turtle Flakes, we are going to be – I've got to pull my notes back up. Uh, did, we, did, we, uh, did we skip over the 2003 era? Uh, no, actually, the next the next episode is going to be episode. Yeah, we're going to uh, continue to be exploring the 2003 era by watching season one, episode 12 of the TMNT Fox Box cartoon. The next episode is called "The Unconvincing Turtle Titan," uh, which apparently aired on April 19th of 2003. <laughs> so oh, that's a, that's a good one. That's a yeah. good one. Josh, Josh will like that one. All right, so that so stay tuned for that. That'll be the next episode we do, and then after that, like we said, we'll. Um, We'll try to do a green screen of that Japanese cartoon. I'd love to finally check it out. I know I've owed Josh a viewing of that for about a year now. So yeah, just uh, uh, just so you're prepared, it's like an hour long. Cool. All right, we yeah. can do that. We can do that. If someone wants to actually hear our our measly commentary for an hour long, God bless you. <laughs> well, we know Baxter's got us. Baxter yeah, we got Baxter. Yeah, we got now. him. Yeah. <laughs> And speaking of that, thank you guys so much for the feedback we received in the last few weeks. Um, it's always wonderful to hear from you guys. It's probably the favorite, my favorite part of doing the show is hearing other people's perspective. So you know, keep that feedback coming. Keep the phone calls coming. Brian from Utah, I'm expecting one from you, buddy. And maybe even from your whole family, the, the giant yeah. family that you have. I would love to hear from you guys. Um, and yeah, guys. Bring it on, it. Brian from Utah. <laughs> <laughs> bring it on, Brian. Oh, he'll bring it. Uh and um, I'd love to hear from you guys as far as the question goes, you know, about the Splinter situation. So please, please write in. We'd love to hear from you. So um, uh, I guess that's it. So, uh, you know, just be sure to check out all the links. I'll have them in our show notes. And stay tuned for the next, the second half of our 2003 return here. And last but not least, birthday boy. Josh, you get the pick today. And maybe um, uh, Thaddeus, if you want to add some toppings to it. What kind of pizza are we going to have to close out another Totally Tubular episode of Turtle Flakes? All right. Well, um, considering I like simple stuff, you know, yeah. I'm going to be very, very easy on everyone here today. I'm just going to pick oh, some sausage you. and pepperoni pizza. You know, that's ah. really – that's my favorite. That's what I love. So, you know, that's that's no what bacon? I'm going for today. No, no bacon. I'm not a big fan of bacon on pizza. Oh, so you know, I love like, bacon on pizza. See, I love I love bacon by I I like bacon by itself. You know, that's that's I it. You. I don't every now and then I put it on a cheeseburger, but I don't really do that that much. You know, I'm become uh-huh. I've become very heart conscious over the past couple of years. So yeah, smart man. I don't feel the need to be all American about it and put bacon <laughs> in my cream and stuff like that. I got you. Well, all right. So, Thais, you want to add one or two toppings onto it? Uh. No, I, if I think you I'm add bacon sauce. or pineapple, you're off the show. Oh, I was gonna say, I hope you had pineapple. <laughs> you know what's actually funny was that uh, speaking of speaking of that, uh, when I went to work the other day because I was like exhausted, my uh, my boss actually surprised me with a uh, Hawaiian pizza from Pizza Hut, and she was like, she's like, hey, I only ate half of it. She's like, she's like, do you want? It? I was like, my, I'm like, I never waste pizza. It's like, oh, it's that's pizza, funny. Like the pizza master here, but yeah, she got me like that, and then she gave me like some cinnamon rolls. Um. No, I don't really think I'm going to add anything to it. Uh, well, okay, maybe I'll, I'll add one thing. I'm actually a big fan of uh, Black Forest ham. I oh, love yeah. Black Forest ham and like cheese sandwiches. So I'm going to add some like 
that cut like Black Forest ham to mine. All right, so ham, sausage, and uh, pepperoni. You got it. Yeah, I was going to say, it. if you forget, Rob, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, ham, sausage, pepperoni. Okay, well, you know, speaking of the pineapple thing, real quick, I was listening to uh, the Phillies game on the radio, and uh, they had this one commercial where this New York guy, they were, they were all talking about their favorite kinds of pizza. One of the New York guys goes, who puts a pineapple on their pizza? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they were like, what kind of uh, person? I was something like that. It immediately made me think of you, so... Some kind of new age who's a what's the what? No, yeah. you don't. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> so, so guys, on behalf of the crew and myself, here's to hoping you enjoy your friends, enjoy your family, and enjoy a mega slice of uh, black forest ham, sausage, and pepperoni pizza. Cowabunga! Cowabunga! It is. I mean, Google, safe search off. It's there. Stop. Just go ahead and look it up. Josh, don't give anybody ideas. Jeez, don't ruin this for people. <laughs> I'm not telling them to do it, but if they want to, <laughs> you want to have your childhood absolutely ruined. Yeah. Right oh, God, God. I can't even get the image in my head. Oh, jeez. Okay, let's... All right, move on. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you'll thank me later. Oh, yeah. oh Josh! <laughs> <laughs> So, well, hey, Josh. Now, I will say that Baxter kind of had your back on the uh, Star Wars thing. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of Star Wars. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I saw the last movie, and I actually thought it was great. Yeah. And, like, the internet, like, hates that movie. So, of course, I loved it. The, the one thing <laughs> that I genuinely like, and it was like, everybody hates that movie. I was like, oh, well, of course. Everyone's just going to think I'm a hater. But, like, my favorite part of that movie was, you know, the, the follow-up to the cliffhanger ending at uh, Force Awakens when Ray hands Luke his lightsaber, and he takes it and looks at it and throws it over his shoulder. I was, like, <laughs> I was the only one in the theater. I went, ha! Yeah! I just erupted laughing because take that, nerds. It's not important anymore. You know? <laughs> oh, you know, it's so funny. I, I, uh, when I saw that, and I'll cut this out because kind of... Uh, well, but when I saw um, that part, I thought it was great because you know you get this yeah. this whole year build or two year build up. Of what's he gonna do when he gets a lightsaber? And he just throws it. I really loved that about that moment because it was just like Luke Skywalker's like what? I mean, I don't know how old Mark Hamill is, but in canon, he's probably what fifty five. Oh, he's got to be up there, like maybe even close to sixty. You know, and so he's just he is a different person. Yeah. He grew up. You know, I, I really like. In our lives, in the last twenty years, you know. I, I know, yeah, and you know what? And I got, I kind of understand the argument that for years, for decades now, due to the whole uh, expanded universe, um, people were expecting, kind of expecting, you know, Grandmaster Luke that they've been reading about in books for decades now, and it's never going to happen. I mean, you kind of did get it spoilers here but you kind of did get it a little bit at the end i won't go into it but he does something really powerful yeah. at the end of the movie i agree but i really loved the uh, thing that he made a mistake and he kind of just shut himself off from the force which is kind of one of those things that sounds obvious but like it kind of made me think well, i didn't can you really do that can you just shut it off and it's just like yeah you can just choose to ignore something and then eventually it will not bother you anymore that's true 
That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I really, I really enjoyed it. And I loved when he was forced to, uh, teaching Ray about the Force. Just like close your eyes and reach out, and he smacks her on the hand with a, with a weed. He's like, "That's the Force. You feel that? That's the Force." Oh yeah, she's like, "Oh, I feel it. I feel it." Oh, he's so hits over the hits over the hand of the reed or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I actually liked Grumpy Luke. I did. I, I thought, you know what? Because that's not what anyone expected. Uh, I, but I can totally understand why. I didn't expect Luke why. Skywalker to turn into my dad. I didn't get that. <laughs> Oh, I'm with you. And, you know, and it's so funny because Chris Beth's not a big Star Wars fan. She did like Rogue One, uh, but she loved The Last Jedi. So I figured we could have the birthday boy it take us in today. Fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> fine. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Josh, whenever you're ready, Hosehead. Okay. <laughs> okay. I lion face and lemon face here. <laughs> Alright. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> Alright. Unique so, New York. What's up, everybody? <laughs> alright, alright, alright. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You asked me to do one thing, and then you just. <laughs> you're gonna talk over. It's my show. 